Today's episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast is brought to you by... Coa Falls College in Tacoa Falls, Georgia. Since 1907, TFC, glorifying God through seeking and developing leaders who will impact the world for Jesus Christ. For more information on TFC, call 706-886-7299 or visit them online at tfc.edu. That's tfc.edu. Thanks for listening to that. And now for your regularly scheduled intro. You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and welcome back. I have my... I have an acquaintance, Tyler. Acquaintance. Here with me in studio, which is aka my dorm room. On this third floor of Goldstone Hall, 223. You guys know my address. Come get me right now. Bad idea. I keep my door locked. Bad idea. I keep my door locked. It's easy to kick your door down. Come to my house. It's a very flimsy They don't even send me emails. So Australians just come to his dorm. We have eight Australians that listen. The door is kickable. So all eight of you. It's like it's like cardboard that door. It's flimsy. Yeah. It's flimsy. You could be hurt very seriously. I want to by this door. Please do. I I can't wait to see someone yeah, break it. Yeah. People now. don't write me emails. No one's gonna come see me. <laughs> I think there's a reason people don't write you emails. <laughs> I would say there's a reason. <laughs> oh gosh, we have a fun episode uh, planned for you guys today. But first, before we dive into some of that stuff. Grace-Nation.com is going through a lot of really cool stuff. So make sure you sign up for our newsletter, get some news updates. We got some devotions going out weekly, and those are really awesome, guys. We have like poetry starting. You know, uh, you know Ooh. that guy named John McNeil. John McNeil. Ooh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's gonna start writing for us, this and so man. we're excited for that. Yo. Uh, yeah, we're super pumped. And you can go uh, read my critique of God's Not Dead, the best movie to ever <laughs> bless this earth. That, that's my favorite. Movie. It's on Grace Nation. No, uh, no, no, no. God. God's not dead's my favorite. Yeah, movie. I write a, no, no, a Victor, you don't understand this. Victor, I've seen God's Not Dead. How many times? Twelve times. Twelve times. Twelve times. Wow. I have a poster of Michael Tate above my bed. Wow. I, like I have newsboys sing me to sleep uh-huh. every night. Well, I listen. God's not dead. He's surely alive. <laughs> the only thing that surely alive. the only thing God's Not Dead got right was the title. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but and if you want to go messing up a Nietzsche quote, that's what I did. That's true. If you guys want to go uh, read my very loving critique of the movie, don't worry, Tyler. I changed it up a little bit. Okay, I had good. a okay, I had a good. very harsh critique <laughs> okay, of the movie. Good. I fixed it up. If you guys want the unedited uh, version, send me an email and I'll send it to you because <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but it's up. You guys can go check it out. If you guys didn't catch last week's pod, we got Mustard Seeds and Mountains on the podcast. It was a what? super fun podcast to record. They lived it was all on the way. Toxic Charity, right? Yeah. Let's go. And they live in West Virginia. Ooh. And WV? WV. It's, well, it's not my least favorite state, but it's... it's What's the song? Um, yeah, no, stop. Country Road. Stop. I heard that song way too much over the summer. That was like... If I had to put... If I had to put... West Virginia. If I had to put a theme song for the summer... Mama. That's the theme song. Okay. I, 
Mount Mama. Actually, no. There's a. There's that's a, the only line. That's all I know of the song. I have, up to Mountain Mama. Up to Mountain Mama. That's it. Is that even a line in the song? I think so. I don't know. I'm um, sure. There are. Yeah. That's that's the nicest theme song I could pick for the summer. But we have a fantastic episode for you guys today, and it all centers around the fact that I chose the topic. Ooh. I chose the title for the podcast. Did you? I chose the articles to post on Grace Nation. Wow. I chose God. Yeah. Oh. I oh, chose. Yeah. yeah. Wait a second I mean, here. Those are the things the Arminians say. Wow. And we're Arminian. Are we? So we're going to dive into the topic of predestination. <laughs> yeah. I When I was looking at the podcast and all the topics I, I've done and kind of we've done and, and Billy and I did, all the topics that we've, that we've touched on grace nation and bringing grace and nation's podcast this wasn't one of them and i was just shocked i was like this is something that's always talked about this is something that's so disagreed on this is something that the bible talks heavily about it's something we love it's something that we, we love talking about especially this. a seminarians like seminarians we like just bible people we just we, like we kind of love this. we just like cover this stuff <laughs> like we just love it um and so I was like, why haven't we talked about it? I mean, we touched on it on the What is Reformed Theology, kind of. A little bit. But, like, we didn't dedicate the episode to it. And it was so structured. And it was just, like, annoying to listen to. And, like, I just want to have a conversation. <laughs> All right? I just yeah. I just said my own podcast was annoying You said to your to. own podcast was annoying. The only reason I... I have, think your podcast is annoying. The only, on the it, only reason I mean, that, I list, that my podcast is on the top charts is because I listen to it over and over and right. over. Right. You are the biggest listener. Right. And I have over 700 iTunes accounts. Wow. And I just rotate through wow. them all. All the all the five stars. Rotsiv one one one. Rotsiv one 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 two one one three. Just like Dwight trying to guess the password. Right. Guess one 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 one. <laughs> guess one 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 two. Did you see Did you see the meme I posted on Facebook? Yesterday? No. It was like it was like a dad and a son, and the son goes, "Dad, what are these DVDs down here?" And the dad goes, "What are they called?" And the son goes. The Office, <laughs> and it's like pause, 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 and Dad goes, "Michael, get your sons Jim and Dwight. I have a story to tell you." That's so. That is great. Oh my goodness! And the thing is, is you chose to post. I chose to post to, to Facebook. Yes. This is something, especially in my philosophy class, we've talked about as of recent, and so we've kind of divided this episode. We're just going to talk about it. Yeah. We're not. We don't have any like super lofty outline. You know, scheduled. You know, we we haven't scripted this out. We have some Bible verses we want to talk about we want to bring up the fact that it is biblical and the bible does talk about it and we just we just want to talk about it we don't know how long it'll go hopefully we'll stay under 35 minutes that's the goal and uh because you have a busy night and i have a busy night i have a lot going on and so i weird. have to go to the gym yeah just dude, you look great by the way i'm fat dude. I i've gained that? a pound no i gained i'm a just pound. gonna tell you i saw you earlier today and i was like he looks great that's right boys like, you look great i have headphones uh, anyways we need yeah. to focus on so the topic. So let's ask a question. Okay. What is predestination? And I think to get the best answer, yeah. or, or the most biblical answer, right. is to go to the Bible. I think that's a and, tremendous idea. And so idea. we have uh, how many verses? Five or six we or seven? We, we've selected a few that, that we think stick out to us the most. And we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to switch off reading them. So I'm going to read the first one. It comes out of John 15. And it says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should, shall should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Acts 9.15 But the Lord said to me, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. 
I got the best one. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. Kind intention. I like it. I like it a lot. Second Thessalonians 2.13, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because He God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. All right, and now we're going to be jumping into Romans 8. Roman, you're, you, I'm just going to comment on your Bible. The text is miniature. Like you don't like my Bible? Oh, I can't read it. It's but it's and like, we know com- I'm gonna read it's it. It's compact. Like, uh, you can, yeah, sure. Um, anyway, we know the most. You're holy also people, blind. We know the you're most holy blind. people have the biggest Bible. Also blind. Um, all right, so we're gonna start in Romans eight twenty eight. We're gonna go through thirty, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And finally, First uh, Peter 2, 9-10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hmm. So I think there's one thing that we can both agree on, whether, whether or not we have agreeing views or disagreeing views or reject views altogether, wherever we stand, there's one thing that, that we have to acknowledge. And that's that the Bible talks about predestination. A lot. There's a plethora of New Testament language yes. about God's acting in sovereign decision yeah. of the salvation of his people. There's It's everywhere. It's, it's The littered. entire Bible is yeah. coded in language of God sovereignly choosing 100%. who will be saved. And, and even, I mean, we, even, we didn't even touch, we didn't even scratch the surface. Go back to the Old Testament. Almost every, like, look at the creation account. Like, just the creation account is God saying, I'm sovereign over everything because I'm creating everything according to my will, not your will, because we didn't even exist. So I think we have to begin with saying, okay, predestination, when we're talking about predestination, we here's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about uh, fatalism. Right. We're not saying that every action in all of humanity right. and into perpetuity right. has been decided. Right. We're not saying that we're not saying that humans are autonomous creatures who can't make decisions. One hundred percent. And we're not saying that there is. Um, we're also not saying that God is not allowing any human decision regarding right. salvation. Right. So when we're talking about we're, the topic predestination, is completely focused on salvation. Yes. Uh, we're not talking like me like getting up me getting up and leaving this room and saying screw you like that's not we're not saying that that's determined right. by God before the foundations of the earth. We're right. talking about salvation. 
it is it's soteriology. Right. So it's the it's the doctrine of salvation. One hundred percent. In talking about soteriology, we have to ask what does the Bible say about how a person gets saved? Right. What does the Bible have to say about how a person comes to the knowledge of God and comes to worship God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Right. And what we see consistently in Scripture is that happens as a miraculous conversion of the human heart called regeneration. One hundred percent. And regeneration happens as an action of the sovereign will of God. Right. Right? So all those who are regenerated and will be regenerated right. are so because God has from eternity past into eternity future chosen them to be regenerated. 100%. That's what we mean by predestination. And and, and that that definition was perfect. I don't know if you can recall exactly what you said when you said that's what we mean by uh, predestination, but that's what we're talking about. And, and I think people, whether you like it or not, they fall into one of two camps. And uh, we kind of discussed these earlier. The first camp that I think people fall into is just an outright rejection of, I don't, yeah. I don't like this. I, I remember hearing this for the first time. I heard this for the first time in a class where we were going through the book of Ephesians uh, verse by verse. Right. And we hit Ephesians 1-3. Now, I had just started reading the Bible. I had just been recently converted. I had never read a theology textbook in my life. Like, yeah. all I had the experience of was walking through the Gospel of Luke, got saved, and walked through the Gospel <laughs> of Acts. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> right. Right? So I had no concept. And I remember hearing Ephesians 1-3, in love he predestined us for adoption. And I was like, what? <laughs> Please. Right. Hand raise. I have no idea what's going on. And this on. is in Bible college. This was in a Bible college. Okay. I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. Right? So when we first hear these things, we have one of two reactions, like right. you're saying. Right. And that's because we ordinarily aren't taught this. Exactly. We have to realize that we are post-enlightenment, 21st century Western people. Yeah. And most 21st century post-enlightenment Western people don't like the idea of a sovereign God or even haven't been given the ability to think about a sovereign right. God who could sovereignly create decisions that affect your everyday right. life. Right. That's individualism, like, at its core. Like, yeah. it's us not wanting anything supreme over us. So, yeah, the first reaction is just an outright rejection of, I don't like this right. predestination. And that's what, what we see a lot of people do. Yeah. We see a lot of people hear it and immediately feel Retract. uncomfortable by it. They shoot into their shell like a turtle. Yes, and, yeah. they, and they reject it. And yeah. so what you end up having is people who embrace the Bible but reject parts of the Bible. Reject, like, an essence of God's sovereignty. Yeah. And I think that's that's a big thing. I remember, yeah. uh, there, I have a good friend, and we were in Daytona, like, at this at this convention. And, my like, one of my best friends in high school was saved at that convention. And it was amazing. Awesome. Almost similar, a little similar to, to your story. David Platt preached, and it was amazing. And he was saved that night. And we got back to the hotel, and we were sitting, we were sitting in our dorm room, and, and another one of my friends was telling this this now brother in Christ what he should read in the Bible. And he's like, he, he's like, you should read Ephesians one because you were chosen before the foundations of the earth. And he went and read that passage. And he's like, I don't like this. Yeah. This means that my family might. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, it, it caused him to retract. It caused yeah. it caused him. Well, what did I just get myself right. into? And I think. I want to speak into that. Um, that reaction isn't bad. Yeah. 
that reaction of kind of a little bit terror of terror mm-hmm. when dealing with this. Jonathan Edwards said doctrines should scare you so much that you can't sleep at night. Yeah. Like doctrine should terrify you because you're thinking about God who is bigger, higher, greater, more holy than you and I could ever be. So being scared when you start reading something is is a little bit okay. Like saying, I don't know what to do with that. I don't yeah. understand how to deal with that. Understand that's fine, right? What you must do, what you do with that then is the problem. Right. Doubting isn't a problem. Right. It's what you do with your doubt. Exactly. Encountering fear when you're dealing with doctrine isn't necessarily a problem. It's what you right. do with that fear. 100%. Do you take that fear and then make accusations against the character of God? Right. right? And so if you're somebody who has encountered this kind of language before or maybe you were in a teaching environment where somebody was teaching the doctrines of grace in a very harsh way or somebody who's teaching very hard seven point calvinism um then we want you to know that this is a sweeter doctrine than you've been taught yeah we want you to know that um god sees you knows you loves you and wants to lovingly invite you into a greater understanding of who he is yeah. as he's revealed himself. 100%. And just look at the verses we just read. Right. Not once in any of those verses was predestination used in a negative light. Agreed. Used to condemn someone. Yeah. Used to attack someone or send someone to hell. Yeah. Not once. In fact, read Ephesians 1.4 again. It's Or 1.5. It talks about he predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ, or through Jesus Christ to himself according to his kind intention of his will that his kind intention of his will like rest in that like that is that should encourage the mess out of you predestination is the kindest doctrine of god and it's so often misinterpreted as the harshest the harshest yeah because we have an inclusivist post-enlightenment thinking and we think any form of choosing isn't kind it's exclusion exactly and it's it's interesting that you bring up kind of like our post-modernity like enlightenment thinking because when we and i i experienced this when i uh left the country and did some you know missions in in other countries and i'm sure maybe you've experienced some of this when when you've gone to cuba and things but if if you were to teach the doctrine of predestination if you were to teach predestination to people who who don't have this enlightened thinking or haven't been brought up in this individualistic culture what what we noticed in haiti was they were so humbled by the fact that god would step out and choose them over other like 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 they were they didn't think twice they were so humbled and amazed at god's character and his love that he would step out and receive and receive them into and bring them into adoption through Christ Jesus, like those things humbled yeah. them, and, and it caused them to fall to their knees and worship. And that's that's the right reaction. That's the reaction. That's the right reaction. But but us in America, yeah. we have this thinking, and it, instead of causing us to fall to our knees and worship, it causes us to push back and accuse God. Yeah, and and that's pride, that's sin on our own hearts yeah. and our own lives. Um, and I think the greatest and truest example of being um, of knowing your you're chosen by God is when you begin to worship God and realize your own sinfulness. Right. And you see the trying to find the right word. When you worship God and you see your own sinfulness and then the grandeur of his mercy. Mm. Like how unbelievably undeserving you are of his mercy and predestination if anything adds to how undeserving you are. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, Yeah. So the first reaction is um, rejection of scripture, yeah. right, is 
terror, fear, and then what you do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. right. You throw doctrine out with, right. the, with 100%. the Bible. Yeah, so that's um, the first one. Now... I'm in. Uh, right before we go into the second one, which which we gotta talk about here, yeah. I'm gonna I'm leaving this space right here because okay. there's a possibility that there's gonna be an advertisement right now. That's cool. It is. Cool. That's really cool. So so, uh, but I don't know yet. Oh my god! I'm gosh. like left in the air. So if there's an ad that's gonna roll in three, two, one. If there wasn't an ad, then that was just a really awkward that was just countdown a pause. that led to nothing. But how cool would it have been if there was an if ad. there had been an ad? Right. So wow. we don't know. Wow. But. Part two. Part so the, two. Fir- the first one. First one. Rejection. God. Second one is uh, appropriate um, worry. It's you. Mm. You read this and you say, "I accept it because it's God, but I don't like it." Right. 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 That's kind of like when you um, go through any sort of um, experiences with your parents, like when your parents mm-hmm. discipline you. You're like, man, I do not like this because I don't like being disciplined, but you're my parents. Right. Right? It's, I recognize who God is. I know who my Savior is. I know that I'm beloved by him, and I don't understand this. I don't understand predestination. I don't know how it works, and I don't necessarily like it, but I'm not throwing it away. I'm actually trying to embrace it and understand it in humility right. because I know who God is. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to think of this quote. J.D. Greer literally said it at church in a completely different context, but I loved it. And he, he was kind of comparing the unexplainable versus the undeniable and how sometimes they meet. Now, sometimes when the undeniable meets the unexplainable, you have to go with the undeniable and allow. And he's like, he, he gave us this, this kind of picture. He was like, well, what if right now your brain can't handle the fact, that, like you can't handle the wisdom that it would take to understand this? Yeah. But wait, like when you get to heaven, I'm going to expand your knowledge. Yeah. I'm going to expand your wisdom. And when you get there, you just gotta wait 50 years. You just yeah. gotta wait 60 years, and you're gonna get there. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand your knowledge. I'm gonna yeah. expand your wisdom, and you're gonna understand. Like it's gonna make sense. You're gonna learn. Right. Right. But again, it falls back to that individualism. Mm-hmm. Back, right so sometimes when the undeniable like it is we cannot say that predestination is not a doctrine we can't say that soteriology right. is not a do- like and notice we're not even going into tulip we're not even we don't have to touch it we don't no all we have, we're yeah. saying is there is this thing called predestination right we're defining what it means right and we're dealing with we haven't talked about reform theology, Nothing. Arminian, We're Calvinist. We're just talking Nothing. about predestination. It is an undeniable biblical doctrine yes. that appears all throughout, not just the New Testament, yeah. also the Old Testament. Agreed. And and we might not be able to explain it now, no. but we have exactly what we need right there. I'm pointing to the Bible. I can see that. And well, the people listening. Right. I'm right, just talking. Okay, right. I'm, just talking I'm pointing to the Bible, right? Undeniable. Sometimes we might not be able to explain it in its fullest. Yeah. But we have exactly what we need for the exact moment right. that we need it right now. Right. 50, 60 years, maybe like 80 years, our, our brain's going to get expanded. Dude. Our knowledge is going to get expanded. Our wi- we're going to be learning at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to be the littlest I'm going to cry for concerns. like the first thousand years. Yeah. Like I'm just going to you, cry You already have like your schedule planned years. out in heaven, right? Oh, man. The like, first thousand. First thousand, I'm just going to weep at his feet for like right. a thousand years. And then I'll be like, okay, I have some questions. Like it's just <laughs> going to be great. But you're right. Like I love J.D. Greer so much. Like yeah. undeniable, unexplainable. When I was a kid, 
I used to pray that, so you know how it's like, he's preparing a place for you. Like Southern Baptists, you know, would say, well, he's preparing a house. Yeah. He's preparing a house for you. That's what we learned in Sunday school. I would pray, like, before I'd go to bed at night, like, please have, like, my house, like, I want it to have an ice rink. That's awesome. So I can play hockey. That's awesome. So, I, I mean, I'm still praying for that. That may right? have been predestined so, before hey, the foundation after, of the world. After you're done crying for a thousand years, after I'm done crying Let's for a thousand years. Let's go play hockey. Man, come over to Dude, my I'll house. I'll be able to ice skate. Yeah. Man. Open door policy. Let's go. You walk in. I'll have food prepared. Well, I mean, we're not going to be hungry, but we can still enjoy can still beautiful enjoy flavors, food. beautiful food. I'll have a feast set out yeah. for us, and we'll go play hockey. I love it. Everyone's invited. Seriously. I love it. Everyone come over. All of heaven. All <laughs> the saints. So, yeah, but those are the two positions that people tend to fall in. The reactions. Rejection. Yeah. Or a, all right, you're God. I tr- Like, you've given me faith. Like, I can trust in everything you say. I might but not I don't like, like it. it. Yeah. But I'm going to rest here. And so to the person who, when you hear these things, you don't like them. L- let me encourage you with exactly what you said, right? Undeniable, unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Like, go seek out the undeniable. And the second thing I would say is just search the scriptures. If you're like, I don't like this. Right. I don't understand it. Hop into the scriptures. Right. Let, let the word of God teach you and tell you what's true. And then humble yourself before what's true. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot of Socrates lately and I love Socrates because at the very end of like all of his philosophical endeavors he gets to the point point where he says all I know is that I know nothing (laughs) right yeah and when we start dealing with doctrine and when we start dealing with predestination this big topic that is unfathomable impossible to tackle in 35 minutes we have to come to the explanation of all I know is I really don't know how it works I don't know what it fully means. All I can do is explain what it says right. and the implications of it. Right. When it says predestination, I don't know if that means that before the foundation of the world, God had a specific number. I don't know if that right. means he had every individual in, like, is it collective? Is right. it individual? We can deal with that separate. Right, but, like, right, right. what do we do with middle knowledge? Like, I don't know any yeah. of that. Yeah. Right? All I know is the Bible says that God has chosen those who would be saved at the end of days in the beginning of days. Right. And that's all I know. And there is one more thing that I want to bring up uh, that we we haven't been able to touch on uh, yet, and I think we have a little time to touch on it now, is there's kind of been this, I don't know how old this idea is, but it's definitely, a, I don't want to say it's an uneducated view. It's just kind of like what our brain comes up with yeah. to produce something that we can logically grasp. Okay. Okay. This is that before the foundations of the world, God in his foreknowledge was able to see the end of time right. and see everyone who would accept him. I, I put air quotes yeah. on accept. He, all the people who would come to yeah. you know a belief in him. And then he predestined those people. And then chose them based on their faith. Right. right. Okay. There's, a, there's two yes. crucial problems with this. Yes. And, and the first one is that, that, that God is dependent on our choice. Yeah. Uh, the second is, is that foreknowledge... Like we have to understand that that actually means like foreordaining. Yeah, the the original language means foreordaining, and yeah. its its best connection, like its best analogy for the word, is actually um, the knowledge that a husband has for his wife, mm. right? So, a knowledge of a husband to a wife is not simply an intellectual foreknowledge. It right. is the most intimate united knowledge you can have yeah right right so god didn't simply before the foundation of the world have an idea of who would be saved he intimately heart knowledge knew he yada he yada yeah a little hebrew sorry he he knew them he he, uh 
understood them. Yeah. He saw them. He cared for them right. before he breathed the stars into yeah. existence. And what you presented is the typical ordinary Ar- Arminian position. Yeah. And to which Arminians would come back into this response and say, well, you're, you're eliminating the necessity of free will. And right. I think D.A. Carson... Um, does a really good job of talking about this. Yes. He says the Bible holds human responsibility and God's sovereignty equally and says they both are important, right? You can't either say, you can't say it's all God's sovereignty right. and you can't say it's all human responsibility. Yeah. It is both. God holds people responsible for their sin yeah. and is sovereign over not only their sin, but is sovereign over uh, saving them from their sin. Right. So both positions yeah. must be held, not only they're held by the Bible, and they must be held right. by every person who right. reads Scripture. And, and I mean, we see examples of that all throughout the Bible. Look yeah. at the story of Pharaoh, right? Some instances, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. In some instances, Pharaoh hardened his own heart, yeah. right? Pharaoh is held responsible for his choice to harden his heart, yeah. right? Because he hardened it, right? And I have a list of verses. I don't need to get into them. But I'm just saying, like, we, yeah. we see that all throughout Scripture. And, and that is the typical, yeah. you know, Arminian. That's just, I, and I think it's just because logically we can, it makes sense. Like, we can kind it of does grab make it. Sense. And it, it does make sense. And we, we understand it. I, this is kind of where I want to get to the application if we can. Yeah. A lot of people who hold the Arminian position say that that position is more rooted in reality. Right. They say that that position is more rooted in conversion, in right. evangelism. Right. It's more profitable for evangelism. Right. I would actually disagree with that um, because I find in all of my ministry experience, which is very little, <laughs> but still, and in my experience just as a Christian, yeah. um, I have to pray for God to save a person. Yeah. In order for a person to get 100%. saved. 100%. I have to pray that God would change their heart in order for them to make a decision to be saved. Yeah. I, what am I doing? Right? I, yeah. I'm praying that God would sovereignly, miraculously regenerate their heart. Yeah, he's, he, you're praying for God to take you out of the picture uh-huh. <laughs> and let him do all the exactly. work. Right? And, well, yeah, yeah. Evangelism, ultimately, yeah. you're not relying on that person's human decision. Right. You're pleading for God to create a miracle. To divinely intervene. And to divinely, sovereignly intervene. Yeah, 100%. And I, think, I, I actually think I read an article recently by J.D. Greer, and he's like, the more I do ministry and the more I evangelize and, and the more people that I see come to know Christ, I am beginning to understand and I see that election and predestination is more of a biblical term and more of a biblical doctrine than I did because because he's witnessing yeah. that the spirit I think move, he, moving. I, he wrote an article on like Amos It was kind of recent. And he said... Um, I find that the more I evangelize, the more people become elect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's it's both. We preach the gospel and we pray for God to move and then he does yeah. in his in his time. And right. I, I think application wise, if if you're in ministry and you're in ministry in a hard context, you already know this. Right. That you're relying wholeheartedly on God to move because right. you can't do anything. Right. Uh, you realize that in order for somebody to be saved, it has to be a miracle. 100%. It can't be you in any yeah. way. Um, so I find I had a really awesome conversation with a friend last night, and we were talking about Calvinism, and we were talking right, about right. missions and everything else. And she said that the she, normal seminary conversation. Right, and mm-hmm. and she said that she got to um, FPO, which is a journeyman before mm-hmm. they went to yeah. um, before they go overseas. And she's like, I had never heard of Calvinism before. But suddenly I'm around all these missionaries and all of them are Calvinists. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, 
Of course all the missionaries yeah. are Calvinists. Yeah. Why? Because they know God is going to save his people. Right. They know that. Yeah. God, Jesus is going to call his church. He will build his church. His sheep know his voice. That means yeah. if I go anywhere where there are unbelievers, if I preach the gospel, Jesus' sheep will hear his voice. Yeah. And he, they, they will get saved. Yeah. It's not a might. Yeah. It's not a possibility. It's not a if and or it's no. not a maybe half no. and half. They will hear his voice. Yeah. And I'm so dependent on him to do it that I'll go I'll go wherever you want, Lord. Yeah. Like, I'll go anywhere. Yeah. I'll go to the furthest ends of the earth. I, I'm just I'm just a pot. I'm just I'm a tool. Yes. Just just use me. Yes. We're yeah. a conduit. I'm we're a the, so- we're the copper wire. We're yeah. not the electric current. Yeah. We're the conduit. There's a joke that that my old uh Bible study used to have and we're like, God, let's like how like we would pray for God uh, to make us his salty tools. Because salt has taste and flavor. Like, we don't want to become saltless. Oh we want to be tools oh of the kingdom. And, and so we would say, like, please make us your salty I tools. So, But it's true. It we are, is true. We are God's salty tools. I just don't tools. like you as a person. <laughs> I just don't. Oh, man. And uh, let, me, let me say this, too. Um, you don't have to be a Calvinist to believe in predestination. You don't have to be... Uh, a Calvinist to be an Orthodox Christian. Right. There are, Arminians are Orthodox Christians. They are believers. They do know and love Jesus. Um, we would have disagreements with them in love as brothers. Right. Um, but we can't say that though there is disagreement over this doctrine that we see clearly and plainly, we can't say they're not Orthodox Right. We can't say they're false teachers, and we can't say that there's anything wrong with them doing right. ministry. Which happens, unfortunately, a lot. It does. Yeah. But we would we would lovingly say, we wanna, yeah. if you reject the doctrine of predestination, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's let's pull you back. This is where discipleship comes in. Let's look at, to the text. Right. Right. And right. you tell me what the word predestination. Right. I mean, means. I mean, we brought out eight of the four hundred right. verses, you know, right. uh, that that scripture talks about, and there are so many different aspects that, that we just don't have time to dive into. Uh, double predestination. Well, the single-sided Augustine. So uh, there, yeah, there's there, there's, there's so many Augustinian, things. Augustinian. There's there's yeah, so many things that that we could yeah. uh, dive into, but what what we want to start the conversation, what we want to to get to you guys is that predestination is inherently a biblical doctrine. Yeah. The Bible talks about it. There's no if, ands, or buts. Uh, and, and so we want we want to uh, encourage you guys to dive into the word. We want to encourage you guys not to be afraid of this, but to be encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. Again, like it just the Ephesians verse, out of mm-hmm. God's kind intent of his will, yeah. he sovereignly chose us. Like that is encouraging. Allow that to penetrate your heart. And, um, and yeah, guys. Yeah. I want to, before we go, I want to read the rest of that from Ephesians 1 because we talked about how kind this doctrine is. And I want you to hear the kind language that Paul is using to describe God's sovereign election of his people. So I'm going to start in Ephesians 1, 3, and I'm going to go through 10. Okay. Listen to the type of language Paul is using to describe God's heart in predestination. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, 
according to the purpose of his will and to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which, is, which he has set forth in Christ, and has a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Yeah, beautiful. The riches of God's grace lavished. Lavished upon What a people. word. Yeah, what a, I want to, yeah, what a word. English. English, man. Uh, Bible. Bible. The Bible. Man, I'm excited. Uh, you need to register for classes soon. I That's do. exciting. Tomorrow. Second semester of seminary. Dude, you, one month left. A month left of your first semester of seminary. It's, How does it feel? Um, it's kind of flown by. Yeah, it stretched you out a little bit. In, the, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I had some stuff. Some crazy stuff happened this semester. Just a little bit. Just a, li- just a few things happened. That I'm not allowed um, to talk about. But uh, it's been wonderful. No, that's awesome. It's I'm wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, the transition has been great. It's been different. It's, it's presented challenges. But, man, just yeah. being plugged into a school and a church and a group has just been fantastic. Guys, you all are beautiful and one of a kind. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this uh, um, this just fun conversation on predestination. Uh, I did choose this title. Yeah, uh, I did. You sure uh, did. We, we're not saying that I can't choose the title. So I might we, change the title halfway through because I can't. Right? right? Um, I can't. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Do we, do we now end with a yo yo yo? No. E yo yo yo. I mean, is that, like, I mean, if you wanted that, to, okay. we can. Okay. It's our choice. Well, I mean, I just, I just chose to. Do it. Okay. Like, so. <laughs> All right, you are minion. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have some. If you guys are interested in, in some merch, like I need to hear from you guys. I, I've been looking at some things to, to get plugged into. I just need money. <laughs> hacky sacks. Uh, hey, hacky hey, sacks. I'm all down for hacky sacks. Oh, if we get some yes. orders in, I'll order some hacky sacks. I love um, it. I gotta set up a store. There's a lot of work. Start all a right. poll. Start like a Twitter poll. I could do a poll. That's a good idea. Oh. If you guys aren't following me on social media, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Grace have, Nation Men. Grace Nation Men. We have all those. Uh, we have all those Twitters. All those Twitters. All the Twitters. The single. Twitters. We have a really fun episode next week. We're going to be talking about faith and reason and how they, uh, how they connect and how they complement one in each other instead of oppose each other, which a lot of people think they do. So I'm super excited for that episode. Make sure you don't miss it, guys. You're beautiful. You're one of a kind. Take care. Yo, 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 what is up, guys? Welcome back. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.